Okay, thanks everyone for joining me for the first time Moms Beyond 35 podcast. Today I have an exciting um, story to share and I know that often um, there are stories that we we can familiarize ourselves with and sometimes there are stories that we can't. But it's good for us to have all the perspectives and all the options that are available to us as older first time moms and starting to build a family. And so um, today I invited a guest that went from the concept of adoption um, to a donor egg. And obviously we can imagine the number of thoughts that would go through um, our minds when we're trying to make a decision of how we're going to conceive. And so I am excited to hear Erica's story as she shares with us today. Um, Erica, thanks for joining us. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about you and share anything that you'd like to share. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so I am a first-time mom uh, at the age of 40. I had my first daughter. Um, she was actually naturally conceived. Um, and I actually just had my second daughter, who was our donor egg daughter, at 43. I just turned 44. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That's great. Uh, so during your motherhood journey, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you, I mean, what sort of thoughts you had as you were planning your second child? Sure. Um, so my husband and I decided that we wanted, well, we've always said we wanted to have two children. Mm -hmm. um, and we were very lucky to get pregnant very easily with my first daughter um, mm -hmm. before I turned 40. Um, I had did have her after once I was 40. Um, and then when we proceeded to get pregnant for the second time, we did get pregnant very easily. Um, however, we lost that child, um, you know, very early on in our, in the pregnancy. Um, so we struggled trying to conceive and we, as we were trying to go through this process, we looked into adoption as a, mm -hmm. an option. Mm -hmm. Um, it was something we discussed with my family and his family, and we had everyone's support, um, in proceeding with adoption. Um, so we felt that it was a great way for us to move forward if we weren't going to be able to have kids, you know, mm -hmm. naturally ourselves. Right. Um, so it was definitely something we had talked about. Um, it's definitely something we were both open to, uh, knowing how we could build a family and the family isn't always blood. Family is about mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. Um, so it definitely was something we, we knew we could do easily for ourselves. Good. Was that option given to you when you were seeing your um, fertility care specialist or the doctor, doctors? Did they bring up um, adoption and donor egg? Did any of that have an influence on your decision making? No, it was just something that we had kind of discussed personally um, mm -hmm. as to like what our plan was as far mm -hmm. as like how far we were going to go into this journey. Um, okay. You know, to to have the second child in our life. Okay. So. Um, it wasn't really something that our, my, my doctors had brought up with me. It was just something we had discussed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as we were going through, and the reason we chose to try to go through adoption was because I was actually closed to the idea of doing an egg donor. Mm -hmm. um, it was just something I just didn't feel comfortable with. Um, and I knew that's something that a lot of women struggle with is being comfortable with that. And the I is really funny because when you go through adoption, you don't think about the loss of your fertility. But mm -hmm. when you go through the egg donor process, you think about the loss of your fertility more than anything else. It's a mm -hmm. very interesting dynamic that happens. Um, so I think my being closed off to doing egg donation was the idea that I was losing my fertility mm -hmm. versus adoption wasn't about that. That was just a totally different mindset. Right. Um, so as actually, we were going. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was going to ask if you if you went through all of the steps for adoption. We had started, so we reached out to a uh, adoption, a private adoption agency here in Texas, um, to find about out about more about their services and the process itself. So we actually didn't go through the full um, paperwork process because as we were going through the fertility process, they wouldn't allow us to apply until we were completely closed and done with our journey. Okay. So we, we started the process and we basically met with a counselor there and discussed our options as far as um, how long it would take, what kind of family units they were looking for, um, you know, a lot of agencies have, private agencies have their own regulations mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, the state kind of wants you to go through their counseling system and then they're, you're, you're placed with, uh, a child is placed within your home. Uh, this is a very different process. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got through the point where we could at least find out like how long would it take for us to be accepted and how long would it take for us for a child to be placed with us um, once available. Um, so it was not so much the time frame. It was not so much um, the process itself. We felt very comfortable with the agency we had picked that would be very good fit for us mm-hmm. and our family because um, we were very open and transparent and we we wanted to make sure that agency also was what we wanted which is an open you know and adoption agency open to adopting to all family types mm-hmm. um no no religious qualifications no as they say animal qualifications because right. we do have three dogs and some places don't want you to have certain breeds of dogs um so we we felt like this was a good option, but we needed to wait until we closed down the rest of our journey um, into what we were pursuing. At the time, we were doing um, IUI okay. at the same time of pursuing adoption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And IUI is a process that some couples or even um, single moms by choice decide to do IUI several times. I think you can do it up to three times before or even four times before the doctors say, okay, let's look at another option. Had you, how many IUIs did you do? Um, Well, I went through four cycles, but we only ended up doing two IUIs because I ended up ovulating through the medication Mm -hmm. um, that I was on. Um, Mm -hmm. So we only got to actually do two IUIs, four cycles. Okay. Okay. During that time. Sure. Okay. And then during that time, since you were ovulating, I I suppose there was some excitement around knowing that you're ovulating. Yes. Yeah. And the nice thing was that even though I was losing, I wasn't producing the number of eggs that they wanted on the medication I was on, I was still producing an egg. I was still ovulating. My chances Mm -hmm. were still there. Um, Everything else was great on my husband's side. He had no issues. So everything was, everything was in our favor um, Uh for this to happen. So it was just very, you know, heartbreaking when it doesn't and you, you get all this excitement that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then sure. to go through it and to see that it wasn't going to happen sure. um, was was really hard. Um, and we chose because of my not responding to the medications to not pursue IVF um, okay. because the cost and time and knowing that even with the amount of medication that I was on, I was still only producing one egg. Mm-hmm. It, it, it wasn't both. really... Yeah, you, if they, the, the doctor could tell you up front the success rate if you're only producing one. Because I think they want three um, yeah. eggs uh, minimum. Okay. Yeah. 
and given my AMH, my age, Mm -hmm. they just didn't feel like I was a good candidate for pursuing IVF. So the, the, the option of egg donor, you know, had come up in previous conversations as we were kind of going through this, like Mm -hmm. after like my second time IUI and it wasn't, nothing was happening yet. um, It was brought up. Uh, So I was still not really comfortable with it. We were still pursuing this idea of adoption. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, What really shifted my thinking in changing from adoption to doing, using egg donors was twofold. One, it was reading some heartbreaking stories about families who have been waiting for adoption Mm -hmm. through agencies, not necessarily the one we were using, but just their journey in general about Mm -hmm. how they were accepted and they were waiting for this child and the day came and the birth mother chose to keep the child. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm so glad that they chose to keep the child, but it's heartbreaking hearing that this has happened over and over and over again to the same couples. Mm -hmm. So they were on these journeys for years and through multiple heartbreak. And we all know on our fertility journey and our journey to have children, it's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. enough as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So to go through that on top of dealing with the loss of fertility, I just couldn't, my, my brain just could not wrap its Mm -hmm. head around Mm -hmm. how much more I needed to go through to get here. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And the second thing that happened is that because I have another child, just seeing her and seeing how much she is like me um, <laughs> and just the things she's learning from me, mm-hmm. um, you know, her personality quirks and things that she was not inherited. You know, it's things she's learned from me mm-hmm. just completely shifted my brain into going, wow. OK, so it's not for me. This egg donor thing is similar to the idea of adoption because I'm, I'm taking in a child that genetically is not mine, mm-hmm. but in heart is still mine. Amen. Yes. Yeah. So that's really what shifted my thinking. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we decided that we would close the door on pursuing adoption for the time being, and we would pursue doing uh, egg donation. Mm-hmm. Good. And uh, with the, your egg donation, I'm assuming that your husband is the sperm it's your this is it's your husband's sperm that was used correct yes okay he, he was he because he had no issues and they didn't mm-hmm. uh, they did all the testing we were he was comfortable being able to use him so we only did the single donor egg donor um so curious the the decision making between your husband and yourself was that Really, I mean, obviously, the, the answer, I mean, if it was me and my husband, I know it's a, it's a very difficult discussion to have. Um, but did you find that there was some sort of more encouraging on your side that you had to do for your husband to be on board? Or he was on board all along, like just supporting you with whatever you needed? He was supporting me in whatever I needed. Um, he was really the one who was like, you know, let's look at all of our options. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what, what we're comfortable with doing, what we're not comfortable with doing, but he never pressured, never said, you know, this is, we're going to have to have two kids. This is how we're going to do it. This was more about what I'm comfortable with. Um, mm-hmm. because pregnancies are, <laughs> are hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you put your body through a lot and, Um, so it's definitely a choice that I had to be able to make for myself Mm -hmm. and what I really wanted to be able to do. And he supported whatever that choice was going to be. Awesome. 
yeah, we may have some male listeners that would be encouraged to hear um, how to respond in this scenario as well. So that's great. Um, excellent. So at this stage, what stage in your family planning experience were you advised to consider a donor egg? Did that did your doctors advise you of this or you came up with the idea on your own? Um, it was kind of twofold. Again, it was I was doing a lot of research about what I was going through um, as far as my infertility and what kind of options were out there. Uh, you know, joining a lot of different Facebook groups, reading a lot of medical articles, um, things like that that helped me direct me towards the um, egg. Mm-hmm. as well as my doctors saying, like I said, when we get through like the second IUI and it had failed, it was kind of a conversation of like, well, here are your options. Um, mm-hmm. We could, you know, IVF seems to be off the table unless you really want to spend the amount of time and money pursuing it. Or we can look at egg donor as an option. You can use the, you know, egg donor or embryo donor if you wanted to do the double donor. Um as your options, it's really something to consider. So, um, and, and honestly, from the time that was brought up to the time I decided was probably about eight months, um, mm-hmm. you know, a decision and process making that I had to go through. Part of that was mourning my fertility, accepting mm-hmm. that that was a closed book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like going through menopause before you get there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good analogy. Um, mm-hmm you know, because you know, it's going to happen. I mean, you know, eventually Mm -hmm. your body will go through menopause, but when Mm -hmm. you're 40, you don't expect that. You don't Mm -hmm. expect that that's what you're going to be going through. And I know some women go through it much earlier and that's even harder. Um, You know, I think as we age, we, we come to accept that these things are going to happen and it's going to become harder. And I know for some women who are younger, like at 35 and they're experiencing the same thing, they yes. were told, yeah. oh, I can, you can still do this till you're 40. Mm-hmm. People can still do this. And then, you know, to, to find out that you aren't and you can't, and mm-hmm. it is a struggle. So um, I think just coming to the realization and accepting that this was my body. Yes. This is what I was going to be going yeah. through. Mm-hmm. I still have to love my body regardless. Mm-hmm. So let's see what we can do, um, you know, and accept the fact that I have to go through this process to get to the next stage, which is accepting that I will move forward with egg donor. Sure. And is it safe to say that you've lived a healthy lifestyle? Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I worked out regularly before I even had my first child. I've always been in shape. I've always eaten healthy. Um, you know, I can't say that I don't enjoy my my treats. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I grew up very active. Um, mm-hmm. So my whole life, I've spent being an active individual and never had any health conditions or health issues that mm-hmm. I had to deal with. So I for me, personally, I always felt, oh, this should be easy, because yes. I've never had any issues. Mm-hmm. I don't have, you know, I don't have pox, I don't have endometriosis, I don't have these things mm-hmm. that should prevent me from finding a journey to fertility, mm-hmm. um, and having kids later in my life, you know, genetically, my both my grandmothers had kids late in life, it should be easy. Mm-hmm. You just so, never know. We just never know. No, you don't. Yeah. Everyone is so different. Everyone's body yeah. responds so differently. Um, and, and, and your emotions and how you deal with things. So it can also just have such a great impact on how you go through this journey. You're right. I, I had a fertility specialist tell me that um, most women, uh, I think nine out of nine out of 10 of his patients uh, that, that said no to the donor egg when they were first advised that route, uh, when they did finally decide to go donor egg route, they said they had done it earlier. 
Yeah, I, I kind of hear that in some of the groups as a consensus, too, mm-hmm. for a lot of people mm-hmm. who are kind of wavering back and forth mm-hmm. about it, that once they come to accept Mm-hmm. that this is the option they're mm-hmm. they wish they would have accepted it earlier yeah. instead of going through multiple rounds of right. IVF or years right. and years of infertility treatments and trying to find a path to having mm-hmm. this family that they so desperately want right. um so I feel a little bit grateful that my journey was shorter mm-hmm. Good. you know I I had things taken off of the table yeah, <laughs> yeah. um because of just the, knowing that I didn't respond to medications, knowing that my IUIs were unsuccessful. It was more of a personal internal journey than it was medical journey that I yes. had to go through. Yeah. Yes. It's, a, it's an excellent story and very inspiring. I'm so happy that you're sharing and congratulations on your little one. Thank um, you so much. Yeah. How, how old is your, your second child now? She just turned 12 weeks. Oh my gosh. A new baby. I didn't <laughs> yes. realize that 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 young that's wonderful and here you are on a call with us thank you (laughs) thank you for doing this Um, we have to thank my husband for like being home with the the, the baby so I can get some time on my own so I'm I'm not home with my my little one so oh that's wonderful so as an older first-time mom are there any frustrations that you can share um with other moms and and let us know how you manage them um well just in in the Reflecting back on the egg donor thing, I know something that comes up a lot with the groups and the posts that I see is, especially when you have your own children already, mm-hmm. um, you know, from your own eggs, there is always a something that comes up that is like, well, I love that child as much as I love my own kids, right? Oh, yeah. That, that's it's something, it's something mm-hmm. I think about too, right? And I thought mm-hmm. about during my journey. And I had very, my pregnancy was very disconnected from my pregnancy. But mm-hmm. I think anyone who's gone through a lot of loss disconnects from their pregnancy till that baby's here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like that throughout my entire pregnancy. It was polar opposite of my other pregnancy. I was very connected with my baby. I was very in love before she was ever here. Um, so it's a very different Beautiful. dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will tell you, being in the situation, do I love my egg donor baby as much as I love my own egg baby? Absolutely. There is yeah. without a yeah. doubt, she is mine, 100%. Like the two things people always kind of concern themselves with when going through this, the egg donor process is, well, I love this child yeah. because, you know, they're not technically genetically mine. Well, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just like you would with adoption. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Love is love. It does yeah. not matter. Yeah, that's good. Um, and the other one is, of course, will the child look like me? Well, obviously, it depends on your donor <laughs> yeah. um, and who you choose. Um, or if you're going through embryo adoption, will mm-hmm. that matter for you? Mm-hmm. Um you know, does my child look like me? I would say she doesn't, but she does because she looks just like my daughter, my old daughter. Aww. So like, they're like two little twins right now Beautiful. when you look at them. Beautiful. So, and to me in the end, it doesn't really, again, doesn't really matter yeah. if mm-hmm. she looks like me. It's not about that. No. Um, so will she have my traits, my quirks, my, my weirdness? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, and that's, that's all that matters. You, I, yeah. you know, my, my goal is to raise my children to be good people. Doesn't matter Excellent. how they got here. Excellent. So. What do you think every first time mom beyond 35 needs to know? Oh, what do they need to know? Um, mm-hmm. That age is just a number. It's yeah. not a statement of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, that's hard, especially in public situations where someone might comment out, oh, is this your grandchild? You mm-hmm. know, 
I think that you just have to kind of roll with it. And, yeah. you know, you just have to be okay with the fact that some people are very just unaware. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not intentionally harmful. They're not mm-hmm. trying to be mean. They're not trying yeah. to s- make a comment about your age. Um, and you know what? Just smile, laugh, and say, no, they're my kid. Yeah. And move on. <laughs> you have a great um, attitude. That's so good. <laughs> because I think that, you know, being an older mom is challenging because we are a little bit older but it's also so blessed because we are have so much more life experience than Mm -hmm. the younger generation Mm -hmm. we have so much more to offer our kids um in way of our experiences and how we view life versus a younger person you know we struggle less because we've had our life experiences already and we're now our, our our focus has changed on being a parent and being there for our kids um, in yes. a different way. So really I think good. you just have, you just have to embrace your, your age as a wiseness, not a number. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm with you on that hundred percent. That's great, Erica. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us today. I think there was a lot for us to learn and we appreciate your time. I hope this helps someone today. If you would like to reach Erica with any questions, you will see the details and how to connect with her in the description for this podcast. As always, you will reach me by email at isabel at motherhoodafter35.com and on Instagram at firsttimemomsbeyond35. Thank you for your support. First Time Moms Beyond 35, we got this.